Uh, Overflow, I am really, really glad that you are here. Uh, if you haven't met me before, if I have not had a chance to meet you before, my name is Carson, and I do get to, to re- the, the privilege and the honor to serve uh, as the new Overflow uh, director. I don't love titles, uh, but I, I see myself as like the biggest fan of Overflow now. I want to be the biggest cheerleader uh, for Overflow. I would have to, if I'm going to be a cheerleader for Overflow, then I've got to talk about OCO. I went to OCO yesterday. If you have never been to OCO, it's on campus. It could not be more convenient for you, and they're kicking off next Monday, and it's going to be awesome. And then community groups start this Thursday. Who's in a community group? If, if you didn't just cheer and you're not in a community group, uh, you really need to come this Thursday because Thursday nights are incredible and I believe it would be really, really helpful to you uh, to, to make some friends and to go deep into community. Uh, tonight, I believe, uh, has just been so helpful to me already. And I would love to just kind of share a little bit about who I am to kind of introduce you to me and to my family. Uh, I know a lot of you know my wife, Maddie. Uh, <laughs> Uh, she is incredible. She's served on Overflow staff for a year and a half, a couple years, and she's now leading a lot of the charges in our missions department, and it's really incredible. But I brought a picture um, that our good friend Samantha took of us, of us and Baxter. Uh, that's our 85-pound yellow lab. Uh, that's in our kitchen right there. Uh, you guys got to be proud of me. I don't do pictures well, and that, that was a tough time uh, to get a smile for that long that, that made sense. Uh, Baxter, funny story, I'll tell you this probably in more detail one day, uh, but a couple weeks before Christmas, uh, Baxter uh, disassembled a teddy bear in our house, consumed one of the legs, it got stuck in his intestine, and we had emergency surgery one night on a Friday night for him to get the teddy bear leg out. $3,000 in case you were asking. Uh, but uh, that is not gonna be the biggest expense of my life because I have some really, really great news. A lot of you guys know this uh, because you follow Maddie, uh, but Maddie is pregnant. <laughs> I am so excited. I brought a picture of Lennon Parker Gosley, everybody. She is due, isn't she so cute? Ultrasounds, they are incredible. We went to this place, it's this private place, they have like couches all over the room and these huge TVs. And the, the lady was really, really sweet. She spent like an hour and a half with us, like looking at linen and talking to us about kind of what everything looked like. And I'm like standing from here to there to the 65-inch TV, taking it all in. I am so excited to be a girl dad. A couple of my friends kind of argued about whether or not I was gonna be a boy dad or a girl dad, and girl dad won. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm really, really excited. Uh, Jake and Jenna, earlier they were up here. Jake and Jenna, y'all in the room? Jenna's on down front. I saw Jake, yeah, Jake's all the way back in the corner. I brought a picture of us. We took a picture before Christmas. If y'all follow us on Instagram, you saw uh, this photo, but with like Santa hats on, because we took two photos. Uh, but this is the new Overflow staff. We are yours. We are your, now your best friend. We are here for you. We love you. We care for you. We are excited uh, to step into the next time of ministry, the next phase of ministry of Overflow. Overflow has been led so well for so long. Since its very beginning, it's had multiple different leaders and different staff configurations over the year, uh, the years. But what I know is that Clay, Zach, and Maddie did an incredible job creating overflow to be what it is. All three of them are in the room tonight. Can we just say thank you to them uh, for just being so faithful? 
I really am grateful for all three of you and your friendship and the things that you have done for me in my life and the way that you have set Overflow up for success. And this semester, I believe, is gonna be really, really fun. I'm excited about where we're going, what we're, where we're going in, a, in the context of teaching, uh, what I believe worship is going to be like throughout the semester, what I think we're gonna do together um, as a family, as an Overflow family at Community Groups, the conversations that we're gonna have, I believe are conversations that are highly important. I believe that they are going to be really, really powerful. Uh, we've been thinking about this semester and we've come around this idea and this vision uh, that we want to step into more than enough. That, that part of who God is, the nature of God, the character of God is abundant, it's full. His grace, his love for you is not going anywhere. You cannot use it up and God will never lose his patience with you. We believe that, we are standing on that. So that's the title of this semester, if you will, is more than enough. It's really, really simple, but quite the call for us to step into. And I just want to welcome everybody to link arm in arm with us, hand in hand with us as we journey like full force into the semester believing that God is going to reveal this part of who he is over the weeks and the months to come. So I'm really, really glad uh, that you are here. One big thing that we're starting next week, and we're gonna talk about this a little bit more at the end of the night, is we feel really led uh, to have a conversation and to do a series on Tuesday night about mental health. Because what I know from a lot of conversations that I get the privilege of having and from my community in and of itself and from my own struggle in my own life, mental health is something that is not talked about nearly enough. And we want to step into that this semester. We want to encourage you this semester. We want to give you some practical tools of how to process and see and experience your mental health. We believe mental health is spiritual and we believe God has something specific for you and whatever you're walking through, or if your community is walking through it, I believe God has something for you and a role for you to play in your community. So that's starting next week. We're starting the semester all in, believing that God is going to meet us there. I really would encourage you uh, to be here next week. I, I, I believe that God is gonna show up in a powerful way for that. As far as tonight, uh, I would love to just talk a little bit about, it's 2022, uh, we talked a little bit around our church on Sundays. Our pastor Mike has claimed uh, January as mush month because it's kind of something like a write-off. It's like it, January didn't start some for some of us exactly the way that we felt like it was gonna start. Uh, maybe you had COVID or maybe there's some things going on in your world where you're like, I didn't get my New Year's resolutions off the ground or I didn't pick a word yet or maybe I picked a word and I already forgot it. If you don't know what I mean by picking a word, we do we pick one word, not multiple New Year's resolutions around here. We really believe in that. But no matter where you are in the context of the new year and of January, I really want to encourage you because uh, what you're feeling right now, if you're feeling in the slightest bit, a little bit of defeat or like, I'm not sure how well the year has started, you are far from alone. And we as Urfa want to help you with that. We want to do this year together. We want to do this semester together. But we, some, some of us come into the year and we've got all these big dreams and all these big ambitions. Some of us are like, I'm going to get all A's or maybe I'm going to get all A's, B's and maybe C, maybe a C, but I'm not going to get any D's or I'm going to get, I'm going to become friends with this group of people or maybe she will finally say yes to the date that I've been asking her out on for six months or maybe he will finally pay me attention or uh, there's all kinds of different things that are rattling around in our mind at any given moment as to what we expect for the year or what we want 
want for the year. And then if you go another layer deeper, when you think about your faith, when you think about what you believe, when you think about what you're doing, maybe at Overflow or at church on Sunday or in your walk with God, it gets even more complex because you're like, man, I blew it last year. Or this thing just really grabbed control of me and I couldn't let it go and I didn't really know how to process it. And we just continue this kind of rat race around in our head over and over again of like, what makes faith deep? What makes faith good? When do I know that I have been successful in my walk with God? And that kind of leads us to the title of the message tonight. If you're taking notes, I'd love for you to just write childlike on the top of the page because I believe that that is the, the kind of the banner that we're coming underneath. It's not a banner that I came up with. It's, it's something that Jesus gives us really, really clearly. And we're gonna dive into that. He, he refers to um, childlike faith multiple times throughout his time on earth. But I, I ran across a quote a couple of weeks ago that I believe to be really, really helpful and I think will kind of lay the groundwork for where we're going tonight. A professor at Harvard um, said this about questions and I believe it'd be really helpful. Questions are place, places in your mind where answers fit. If you haven't asked the question, the answer has nowhere to go. It hits your mind, it bounces right off. You have to ask the question. You have to want to know in order to open up the space for the answer to fit. The reason that I found this really helpful is because I feel like I'm inundated with information at any given moment in my day-to-day -day life. I open up Instagram and I scroll and I scroll and I scroll. I tab over, I go to TikTok and I scroll and I scroll and I scroll. I tab over sometimes and go to Facebook. I don't even know why anymore. Uh, but then I scroll and scroll and scroll and it's just kind of like mindless information. But little do we know, like with every scroll, with every post, with everything that we're seeing, we're putting more and more information into our mind to the point that sometimes Sometimes we can feel like, oh, we're kind of like sleepwalking through life. I don't even remember what I had for lunch yesterday because I'm processing all of this information at the same time, which is why I believe his invitation to ask really good questions is so helpful because it really does create this perfect place in our mind for truth to get seated at our table. I really need some water. I knew this was gonna happen. I planned, I was prepared for it. So the question that I'd really love to ask you is how good is good enough? When it comes to your walk with the Lord, when it comes to your faith, when it comes to the, the system that you believe in, to the way that you see God, to the, the actions that you allow God to influence, how good is good enough? I've never met a perfect person. So perfection would be a tough answer to put behind that question because it seems to be unattainable. And this is where I think the life of Jesus is so, so helpful because he reframes the way that we see so many things. And I think if we're all being honest and we were to zoom out on our life and we were to kind of get, get beside the world, did y'all see today that there was an asteroid double the size of um, the Empire State Building that passed the earth? They said it like wisp the earth. I don't even know what that means. Uh, but I guess it flew right by. But if we could get outside the world a little bit and look down and like evaluate all the tendencies and evaluate all the patterns and evaluate the way that the world works, I think that we would find that oftentimes our belief determines our acceptance and our actions determine our reward. And this is a problem because it leads us to creating a tendency to believe and do what is right in order to receive what is good. Do you see the tension here? When we are focused on playing a part or just believing the right thing to get what is good in return, we're missing something really important. We're missing the transformation. We're missing the formation. We're missing the life. 
that Jesus said he came to give us. He didn't come with a script to a play and ask us to, to live out the play or the drama or the movie or the thing. He said, no, I want you to follow me. I want you to do life with me. And consistently throughout Jesus' life, he turns things that we think that we have figured out completely upside down. And in John 14, uh, Verse 27, he says something, I believe, that just kind of backs this up, that's so helpful that we so often forget. He says, peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. So the disclaimer of Jesus is like, hey guys, just so you know, don't forget this. I don't give to you the way that the world gives. So if you're used to this barter system of I do this or I believe this and then I get this in return, it's totally different. The way that I give is intimate and through a relationship and through a daily walk. And I think for a lot of us in the room right now, no matter where you are in your faith, especially for those of you that are like, I came with a friend tonight or maybe I saw it on Instagram, or maybe you saw the chalk that I put on the sidewalk yesterday uh, with OCO, and you were like, okay, I'm gonna check overflow out. And you're like, I don't, Carson, dude, this is really cool to talk about all these things, but I don't know where I'm at in my faith. Like, I, I, I may wanna believe, or maybe you're, you're turned off to like believing in God or following Jesus, and that's totally okay. I'm so glad that you're here, and I'm not saying that, and I'm so glad that you're here so that I can change your mind. I'm just glad that you're here so we can love you, we can care for you regardless of where you are in your faith journey. But the thing that I really want you to know that we believe is that God's love transcends belief and action. Like God's love has come to you through Jesus despite whether or not you will ever believe or ever walk in the way of Jesus. God's love is available to you. It is sitting at your doorstep every single morning. We read in the context of scripture that his mercies are new every morning with the sunrise. I love the sunrise. and I know a lot of you love the sunrise. Why? Because it's the reminder that a new day has begun. And what I would just invite you to do is to consider the new day that Jesus wants to, to create in your life. Because, make no mistake, Jesus changed everything, and therefore Jesus continues to change everything. And we mean that when he, when he came and talked about the systems of religion and the way that the church worked and the way that the temple worked and all these different things, that if we were to go down kind of a nerdy pathway, we could evaluate kind of the, the systems of the day that Jesus changed, but also Jesus changed how we interact with God. And he invited us to come near to him as the way, the truth, and the life, just as Kaylee was talking about earlier. So this idea of childlike was one of the things that Jesus changed. And I can't just, I can't imagine what people in that time thought when he starts comparing deep and good and pure faith to that of a child. It was this one of this kind of reversal things that I can't I would love to kind of see what people would have felt in that day because for you and I it's still a little weird in 2022. I can't imagine what it was back then. If you have your Bible, I would love to invite you to turn uh, to Matthew 18 and this is where Matthew records uh, this incredible declaration uh, that Jesus makes and I love that where it, where it comes from is so powerful. 
chapter 18, verse 1, he says, About that time, the disciples came to Jesus and asked, Who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? I love this question. We'd all be asking it. We can all sit here and go, I wouldn't have asked Jesus that. A hundred percent, we would have asked Jesus that at some point in our journey, traveling around with him, because we are all kind of accustomed to that way of the world that I'm talking about, where if I believe what is good and I do what is good, then maybe I'll receive what is good. Therefore, I want to be at the top of the food chain. I want to be on top. I want to be the closest. I want to be the best. I want to be the most worthy of love and care and support. And that's not inherently bad to want that love and to want that care and to want that support. But I love that Matthew, kind of savage, he records that the other disciples asked that question. (laughs) He's like, I didn't ask that question. Uh, But I love that question because it invites us all the more into this childlike invitation that Jesus gives us as he goes on. Jesus called a little child to him and put the child among them. Then he said, I'll tell you the truth. Unless you turn from your sins and become like little children, you will never get into the kingdom of heaven. So anyone who becomes as humble as this little child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. It's totally different. Jesus is saying you can give up this rat race that the world is trying to convince you makes sense. And you can just come be like a little child. And I think when we start thinking about childlike faith or the idea of having faith like a child, a lot of different emotions, a lot of different schools of thought probably come to our mind. If you grew up in church, uh, anything like I did, uh, you might think of when somebody told you when you were struggling in your faith or you had questions about your faith or you weren't really sure like who God was or maybe you were just kind of struggling in general, they said to you, oh, just have childlike faith. Like, just believe, just trust. Like, you don't need to have all the details. Just trust that God is good. Don't do the work, just trust it because the Bible says it, so that settles it. I've heard that so many different times. But there's actually something more. And I believe that Jesus is really pointing us to this because he knows, he knows the way that the world works. Another way that I think that you could view childlike faith is it's really, really shallow. Like, oh, I just have to have a little bit or I just have to understand part of it or maybe I don't kind of have the full picture so maybe that's God saying like, you're never gonna understand or you're never gonna see the things that I'm doing in completion. I don't think that's what Jesus meant either. I think Jesus was saying, hey, For all of those of you who have been asking this question of who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven, for all of us in the world that have kind of fallen for the lie that what we believe is what really um, creates our acceptance and what we do creates what we get, there's a third way. There's a better way forward. There's a better way to see your faith. And you're not gonna see it until you stop playing the part and be a part. And I would love to put that in front of you tonight, is what would it look like in your faith journey, in the the life that you're living, in the walk with Jesus that you are walking right now, to say, I'm gonna stop playing the part. I'm gonna stop being afraid of what people might think. I'm gonna stop trying to give God this pretend version of myself, and I'm just gonna trust that his goodness and his love And his care for me is going to transcend my struggles and my belief and my struggles and my actions. And it is going to meet me exactly where I am. 
which that's why I believe so much in these three things that I want to give you uh, tonight. I believe that they will be helpful. I believe that they have been, I know that they've been helpful to me as I've been trying to figure out how to live them out in my own life. I told Jenna earlier today, I feel like I'm gonna be preaching to myself all night tonight because this is something that I have far from figured out. But I am with you and we are gonna do this together. The first idea is to get honest. And I think when we think about children, uh, we know that children have a tendency uh, to say what everybody might be thinking, <laughs> but not everybody's willing to say, right? Or they ask the question at the worst possible time. You're like, no, 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 no you're not asking me that. Or it really gets kind of strange because kids are just like, I see something, I say something. I feel something, I'm going to talk about it. Especially when you get to that, that age where you start talking. My mom tells me this story every once in a while when I was really young. I don't remember how old I was, but she said that I wasn't talking for a really long time and she took me to the doctor and said, hey, um, Carson, Carson's not talking and I, I feel like something could be wrong. And the doctor said, no, don't, don't worry about it, don't worry about it, he'll start, just, just trust me, it, it, it'll be good. Well, she tells the story a couple months later, I started talking and I haven't shut up since. Like, I, 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 lo I love to talk, <laughs> I, I love conversation, I love people. But kids can kind of be like that sometimes. Like when they start talking, they just keep talking. And they, they're not afraid of what people might think because they haven't gotten to that point in their life learning of kind of this pattern of the world. And that kind of brings me to like put in front of you, like I would really love for you to get honest. And one great place for you to get honest really is in community groups. This is not just a plug that I'm just trying to convince you to come to community groups. I really believe there is no better place for you to wrestle out some of the questions that you have then in community groups. On Saturday, this past weekend, we met with all of our community group leaders in this room, actually on the stage, because we, we needed to be in here because there was a bunch of other things happening in the building, and we talked about this, where it's like, we want group to be the safest place that you ever walk into. We want you to feel the freedom to talk about anything that you're struggling with, any question that you have. And as we started kind of talking about it, and as Jake and Jenna and I have been talking about community groups a little bit this year, uh, we, we know that there's kind of a tension in groups sometimes where it's like, I'm not gonna ask this question because it sounds childish, or it sounds dumb, or I don't wanna reveal that I don't understand this to the people in my group. So I would love to put the question in front of you tonight. What question are you avoiding because it seems childish? And what I, my, my follow-up challenge to that would be to ask it. Because what I know to be true in my own life and the, the, the life of the people that I really get to be in small group, I was in small group last night and we had some really, really powerful conversations. Questions build faith. Make no mistake. Fearing a question is not helpful. If you want to grow in your faith, if you want to experience the life of Jesus, if you want to take on his goodness and what he said he came to give you, it means that you're probably gonna have to ask some really, really hard questions. And not every question has a perfect three to four sentence answer that makes a ton of sense. Because the world that we live in has lots of variables and lots of things going on. But what we know is that no matter if the question, if the answer is unclear or we're not sure about what it is, we do know that Jesus is Lord, Jesus is King, and Jesus is going to stay King. That is something that we can put our foot on. We can, we can trust that that is the foundation that we can build our life upon. So that's idea number one, is to get 
honest. I really encourage you. Ask the question. I believe that you have been kind of hesitating to ask. I believe that on the other side of that, God's gonna show up in a powerful way and you're gonna feel the weight that you've been carrying around by yourself for a really long time ease up just a little bit at a time. The second idea is to be inclusive. Uh, Brooks Joyce, he's a really great friend of mine. He has been uh, on our worship staff for a really long time. Uh, he was in my wedding years ago. He has really just been a mentor to me in so many different ways. He has a beautiful, beautiful family. He has a son named Bennett. And Bennett is one of the most extroverted people that you will ever meet. Brooks told me a story one time because Bennett's my people, you know, like I, I love talking to people. We went to campus yesterday afternoon and we went to social earlier in the day and I came back and we were like doing push-ups in the office because I was so energized by this. But Bennett uh, went with Brooks and family uh, to this pizza place one night and Brooks tells the story like Bennett kind of sits up in the booth right after he's done eating and he talks to the people behind them and then he walks around and he talks to the people beside them and then he's like walking around the room talking to everybody and Angel and Brooks are like, Bennett, you can't just go like interrupt everybody's dinner, right? Like, hey dude, you gotta like stay with us. How beautiful is that though? Bennett doesn't know anything about them but he's like, you're a person. I love you. Will you talk to me? Will you be my friend? I would love to do life with you. I mean, he's not saying that statement, but you get the point. Like, he's not, he's not looking over there and going, oh, I'm, I'm not hanging out with that person because of the way they look or the, the way they act or the way that they believe, what they believe. He just knows they're a person and he just wants to be with them. That's Jesus. Jesus just wants to be with you. Jesus wants to be with the people that are on planet Earth because he loves us. And he cares for us, despite what we are currently doing, despite what we currently believe, his love stretches to us. And therefore, our calling is to be inclusive. And I think that oftentimes it's really easy for us to think about the depth or the size or the purity um, of our faith and the sense of what we know. But if you're looking for a way to measure what your faith actually is looking like in your day-to-day -day life and how you're living it out in your community, I believe coming around the idea that we learn a lot about the size of our faith when we look at who is welcome at our table. And this is a gut check for me. This is hard for me to say and to read and to, to commit to memory and to write down in my journal. Like, who, who am I giving the stiff arm to? Who, who don't I have time for? Who, oh, they aren't, they aren't my people because they don't, they don't believe the same way that I do. And we as Jesus followers, for all of us in the room that would say that we are a Jesus follower, we can't afford for that to be our reality. Jesus called us to go into the world and to love people like Jesus loves us. So we have a way to go like, if I want to deepen my faith, go spend some time with people that you disagree with. Go, di go spend some time with that difficult person. Because I promise you, if you are seeking to follow Jesus through that experience, you're gonna learn a lot about yourself and learn a lot about our God who loves that person all the same. Big idea, number three, is to stay dependent. And I love this uh, because I believe it's the call of Jesus. He made it really, really clear that he wants us to be with him. I love Jesus' name, Emmanuel, God with us. Like, we just celebrated this at Christmas, right? Jesus came down to the world and lived among us and lived a human life to be with us. 
to show us that he's not just the God who just stays up here and stays separated. He's the God who enters in. He's the God who comes near and who cares for us. And we catch a glimpse of this in John 15, uh, where actually Kaylee mentioned it, I believe, earlier a little bit, where Jesus says, yes, I am the vine and you are the branches. And then this part is gonna be on the screen. Those who remain in me and I in them will, will produce much fruit, for apart from me, you can do nothing. And I think if you're kind of like me, you read that and you go, apart from me, you can do nothing. Okay, cool. So like that becomes the emphasis. That becomes, like the, the negative slant becomes the thing that we take away. But I believe what Jesus is prioritizing here is, no, stay with me. Stay dependent on me. Nothing and no one will ever be as dependable as Jesus. That, I believe that to my core, that Jesus is always going to be there for you. At that same ultrasound visit, uh, we didn't know this during the, during the visit, but Maddie's mother, or my mother-in-law, Maddie's mom, Julie, uh, who is a saint, by the way, she is the definition of joy. She carries joy everywhere that she goes. She, uh, while we were in the ultrasound room, she, she called the office and paid for this giraffe. I've been calling it a bear all day. Uh, I don't really know why. Uh, and we kind of went into it where Maddie and I kind of knew about this, and we were like, no, we're, we're, not, we're not gonna get a giraffe. We're, we're, not gonna get a, we're not gonna get a bear. We're not, gonna, we're not gonna pay for the bear. We just paid for a bear to get surgically removed from our dog. We're not, we're not paying for another bear. Which, by the way, Baxter is very, very interested in this bear. Uh, this giraffe, see there? Guys, I did it again. But meanwhile, we're kind of in, we're in the ultrasound room, and I'm standing really, really close to the TV, as I mentioned earlier, and you can see Lennon's heartbeat on the screen, just this like little flicker. And I, I was just, I asked the ultrasound tech probably 100 times, like, that's the heartbeat, right? Like, that, that, that's the heartbeat. Yes, Carson, that's the heartbeat. Well, little did I know, little did we know, Julie called the office and paid for this giraffe, and they put the heartbeat in the giraffe. And I don't know if you know that, yeah, all the girls said that's really sweet. <laughs> all the guys were like, bro, you're holding a giraffe in front of 500 people. <laughs> and this is the thing, guys, we, were, we weren't sure we were gonna get it, but I'm so grateful that she did, that she called for us on our behalf. But I don't know if you know this or not, but babies' heartbeats are really, really fast. They're around 155, 160 beats per minute. Now, I don't know when that changes. I've heard that there is a point at which that it kind of like begins to taper down. I'm getting a few nods, yes, I believe from my medical community. Uh, but I, I don't know at what point that happens. But I had this moment where I was sitting there and I was watching the flicker on the screen, I was hearing it, and then I've, I've felt it every moment since I've listened to this giraffe, is that Lennon has something that she can teach us about what it looks like to be dependent. She is in the womb right now. She can do nothing on her own, yet she's growing at a rapid pace because she's staying with the one who can give her everything that she needs. And for you and for me, we're so easy to run ahead or to run off to the side or to run in, other, in another direction, going like, God, I got this. I don't, I don't really need your help right now because things are good and things are kind of working out for me. But the invitation of Jesus 
to go back to having faith like children, is to say, no, I'm gonna be with you every step of the way. Is that not the sweetest thing? And she just does that all the time. Just thump, 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 thump. Over and over and over again. And I think for us, we can, we can hear that. And we can go, that's really sweet. And that's really cute. But I believe what Jesus is wanting to say to you tonight through Lennon's heartbeat and through this really, really cute giraffe did it right that time, is that apart from you or apart from God, we are lost. We need help. And it's time that we stop expecting ourselves to have all the perfect answers or to have perfect theology or to have all the perfect actions today. The invitation of Jesus is to go back to the beginning to go back to having faith like a child. Faith that just day in and day out says, God, I'm with you. I'm trusting that what you give me is going to be enough for me to grow and for me to develop and for me to deepen my faith. But the tension that we find is that in the world that we live in and the tensions that we kind of think about and that we wrestle and all of the information that we process every single day we run the risk of believing the idea that we've gotta have it all figured out, that we've got to come up with perfect answers. And that's why I believe that if we wanna grow our faith, if we wanna go deeper, if we wanna experience the life of Jesus by adopting the way of Jesus, if we're gonna do the work, if we're gonna be people that say, we want to follow Jesus with everything that we are, just like Lennon's heartbeat is beating as hard as she can beat it right now. Then we need to be humble. We need to act like we don't, we don't need to act like we have it all together. We need to get honest. We need to be really, really inclusive. We need to stay highly dependent on God. So if we want to feed our feet, if we want to feed our faith, we need humility. And that's why we believe humility feeds faith. And one thing that we wanna do this semester is we wanna starve fear. We wanna feed faith. That's hard. That's gonna have some twists and turns. There's gonna be some things that don't make sense along the way. There's gonna be some moments of high vulnerability in group where we're saying like, I'm gonna practice this idea of getting honest. There's gonna be some hard moments along the way when we're struggling to include that person that we can't stand. There's gonna be some hard moments along the way when everything's going really, really well and we don't wanna come back to Jesus because everything is kind of working in our favor. But we've gotta come back and remind ourselves, no, we've got to be dependent on Jesus. So I'm gonna ask you the question again. How good is good enough? It's childlike. It's humble, genuine, childlike pursuit of Jesus. And if tonight you're sitting here thinking, well, I've, I've never taken that step. I've never said, I, Jesus, I trust you. And I, and I wanna like, I wanna know more. And I wanna begin to experience the life of Jesus that you're talking about. And I wanna kind of experiment with what does it look like to have childlike faith? 
We invite you to take that step tonight. All you got to do is say yes. Say, God, I, I want to take a step closer to you. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do that at Overflow this semester. I'm going to do that in community group this semester. I'm going to do that at the 9 and 11 or 5 on Sunday. I'm going to have a rhythm that says I'm going to practice being dependent on Jesus. I'm going to practice humility by just getting honest. I really believe that if we were to all just take one step towards that tonight and in the days to come, when we sit here at the end of the semester, I believe that we would look back and see a changed life, not a perfect life, but a changed life that is constantly evolving, is constantly growing more and more like Jesus. I invite you to stand where you are as we get ready to sing this last song. I really believe that the song is such a perfect decoration for us because it really tells our story and invites us to say, like, God, I'm all, I'm all in. I'm for you. I'm stepping towards you. And that's, that's the invitation from Overflow to you for the semester. It's, it's more than enough. We know, we feel confident that when you take a step towards God, you're gonna find that his provision and his grace and his love is truly more than enough. Jesus, thank you for tonight. And thank you just for who you are. And God, I pray tonight that we would be people that say, well, we're gonna take that step. We're gonna get really, really honest. We're gonna ask the childlike question because you invited us to ask it. We're gonna include that person because you love them. And we're gonna stay dependent on you because that's what you've asked us to do. And you told us that when we depend on you, that our life will bear fruit. God, I pray that we would all take a step towards you tonight, no matter how small or how big it feels. God, I know that you are overjoyed when we take steps towards you. God, we love you. We give everything that we are to you tonight and in the days and weeks to come. We say this in the name of Jesus.